Stephen Jill here. Howdy. Welcome to the House Academy Show, entertaining land investment talk. House, uh, sorry, real estate investment talk. <laughs> I get confused. I'm also Stephen Jack Butella. And I'm Jill DeWitt, broadcasting from sunny Southern California. Today, Jill and I talk about how to talk with potential sellers. I was looking to see if it is sunny right now. <laughs> it's getting there. It's good. <laughs> Before we get into it, though, let's take a question posted by one of our members on the houseacademy.com online community. It's free. Jessica wrote, hi, I've only done a few micro mailers and I'm ready to scale up. I'm curious how people sent multiple thousands of mailers to the same county. Are people who are doing this sending mail to all vacant parcels across a very wide range of lot sizes? For instance, this is kind of a land question, but we'll make it a house thing too. For instance, in my last data poll, I requested all vacant land with no improvements and property sizes from five to 15 acres. The resulting record count was 876 records. This is not an overly rural area. So am I not searching for the data correctly or are there other members sending to a larger variety of property sizes? Something else, thanks. Data is very, very uh, fickle. Is, and that's, that statement is probably seems ironic to most people. You have to wrestle with it and manipulate. Yesterday was all about these data providers uh, that we're licensed providers with. And, and, you, and we spend chapters and chapters and hours in our educational material talking about how to manipulate these to get the right data set so you can work with it. Something's wrong here. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's unfortunately, Jessica, I'm not picking on you at all. It's, it, I, when, I, when I do a mailer, I still have to wrestle with it. You have to test it for reason again, and you need to do all three of these. Use all three of these uh, data sources to check yourself. So it's really easy to get data counts without spending a dollar, uh, a cent in data tree, and cross-check it against RealQuest and vice versa, and all that. So, mm-hmm. yes, there's something very wrong. Um, how do you do thousands and thousands of mailers at the same time? Here's how: you make, break them down into a lot of different ones, and then build one big one. I was going to add when he says wrestle, what he means is like. You check the box somewhere. Uncheck that box and see what happens. Now recheck it. Go in, tweak this little thing like, oh, I put this percentage, I put zero, let me put in null. Mm-hmm. Oh, that worked. Or, and then, oh, shucks, in this in this county, even though they say zoning is this, it's really this, I should have checked this. So it's those kind of things when he says wrestle with it. And this is part of why we, half joking, half serious, say, you know, you're gonna go in a dark room for a couple hours, maybe a weekend, while you're picking a county, selecting an area, figuring out how you want to do it, you know, what you're going to, where you want to send mailers to, even before you download the data and price it. Here's the root of the problem. Uh, and if, if you're a data person, you'll, you'll, you'll really understand and respect this. All of these counties have been collecting data for, year, for hundreds of years. And so, real, real quest, data tree, they all have a data set with uh, specific slots for let's say acreage. There's a slot for acreage or uh, bedrooms. How many bedrooms does a house have? The slot that fits in their templates, let's say data trees template, doesn't necessarily mean in, in Arkansas, one county in Arkansas and one county in Tennessee, the way the assessor does it, it's very, very different. True. So you have to figure that out. So it's not foolproof. There's not an easy button to this. But you will figure it out if you mess with it a long, long enough and pull sample data and, and figure it out. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons that, and we'll talk about this in the future sometime, these people are starting to come out with these products that make this, so, so they say, make this easier. Collect data, scrape data, put it all together, and then tells you how to price it for pricing. It's a mess. 
but that's a topic for another time. <laughs> Today's topic, though, how to talk with potential sellers. This is why you're listening. This is House Academy, and you send out all these offers, like we just did. You know, we talked about the last one, the big one in LA, and you wouldn't believe the calls we got back. You know, the full gamut. Uh, of course, I've got, I was described uh, <laughs> names I hadn't heard before. <laughs> I had, I got phone calls of people calling me back to apologize even because they said, look, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was so nice about it. They hung up and felt bad. They called me back to apologize, which was really funny. And then we have the, and then we have the, yeah, I do want to sell, not at this price. And then I have the, yeah, where have you been? Let's get this done. So you have all these different kind of sellers. So I'm going to talk to you for a few minutes here about, you know, how do you communicate with them? Well, first of all, you know, put your helmet on. <laughs> we joked about this with one of our, one of our, we had a, we had a, um, Kind of an intern if you will last summer was doing some stuff with us and basically he was taking some calls for some land deals and he and he was saying like wow i think i could take a baseball to you know to the face right now <laughs> and it would hurt less than what i just did <laughs> answering the phone <laughs> i'm like oh my gosh it's so funny so just just be ready for it we joke about it you know stephen calls it the the hate and they're gonna call back and so i always say like all right just be ready when you call don't let it get to you you know take a deep breath answer the phone whatever it is it's going to be fine and and however the call goes listen to them listen to the situation and try to figure out if they really want to sell that's the first thing you want to do are they calling to vent fine i'll let them vent a few minutes and i'm going to get them off the phone but if, but i and because and as they're venting how how do i know if they really want to sell or not i'm going to make this is how i handle it i make a joke about it i say all right all right I clearly missed a zero or six, you know, something stupid. And then they're gonna go, yeah, okay, that's fine. We make a joke about it. I'm like, the bottom line is, hey, I'm sorry. My numbers were off. The big picture is, do you even wanna sell? No, I'm gonna die here. They're gonna take me out with a tag on my toe. All right, I get it. Um, I, I wish you all the best. I, I will not contact you again. And that's all they wanna know and they hang up and they go their way, kind of thing. Now, so that's, we got that out of the way. Now we got the guy that says, I do want to sell. Your number sucks. Got it. All right. I can deal with that. Totally. And that's, and so now the conversation is, all right, you know, what is your number? And this is where I want you to think about in a very good, polite, brief way, explain to them, look, I am the owner of the company. I'm buying the property. It's my money. There's no broker involved. There's no interest involved. There's no um, commission involved. I have the cash. Whether you do or you don't, you say that because if you, I will fund your deals. We all have deal funding, so technically you do have the cash. Cash is standing by. Uh, what and we will pay all the fees. If you know, if in a perfect world we close in two weeks, and what is the and you do no work, Mr. Jones. So have, knowing that. What is your, you know, let's be honest, what is your bottom number net that you want to see? And, and I even say too, they'll either have it in their head or they're going to go, oh, and if, you, if they need to think about it, I'll even say, if you want to think about it and get back to me, that's fine. I respect that. I, I just want you to know this is how it's going to go. I'm not an agent. I'm not going to do this. I'm not gonna, you're not going to pay a commission. So you need to factor all that in because a lot of people don't know that. They, most people go into a house knowing that I'm selling my house for 
you know, $459,000 because I got to remember, I got to pay the agent commission. There's going to be these fees, that fees, those fees. You just took all that away. And they, they're like, and they're a little, usually they're a little stunned by that too. Like, we can do, do a deal like that? Yeah. You know, and, and sometimes they're stunned too. You mean, this this purchase agreement you sent me, that's really all it is? Yeah, that's all, all I need to open escrow. I don't need a stack. I just, we just need to agree on a price and I just, and I just would something in writing, you know, to send to the escrow company and get their number. And by the way, say you had this conversation, this is, I've done all these, these are all real stories, this really, this happens and you can do this. Say my offer was $459,000, the house is worth six, I don't know. He's like, you know what, make it 475, you got a deal. All right, and then I come back with, done. So here's what I do. I don't need to send him a new purchase agreement. I can just say, you know what, that piece of paper you got in your hand right now, cross off four five nine nine six zero and thirty two cents, and put in there four hundred seventy five thousand dollars. You initial it, scan it, take a picture of it, whatever it is. You know, you sign it, send it to me, and that's all I need. I'll open escrow tomorrow. Done, kind of thing. That's that's really how you how it goes. Um, and then the my third point, so you're listening for the situation, listening if they really want to sell. Um, and if there is a situation, I want you to pick up on that too. I've just kind of glanced at my notes. Sometimes there's a situation as to why they want to sell, how fast I need to get this done, and you need to be aware of all that because it's important to the situation and, and this seller. I talked about explaining your role and how why they want to sell to you because, by the way, that is the whole point here. The reason they're calling you and they want to sell to you is because it's so easy. Do I really want to have an open house? Do I really want to clean up and vacate every weekend? Do I really want to, you know, have to even think about remodeling the kitchen because I know it needs it? No, all these things are factors of why this is so great and awesome. You need to act fast with these sellers. You need to get this purchase agreement as fast as you can. Um, if you need to go over there and meet with them and get it in your hand, uh, if, if you're doing the deal, you need to, I want you to get some eyes on the place, by the way. I want you to get walk in, take some pictures, and make sure your offer still, you know, all, the, all four walls are still up kind of thing, just so you know. If they're not up, you're going to change your pricing, you know. You need to see that. And then you're going to get the inspection done as fast as you can. You're going to open escrow as fast as you can. What would you like to add? In all, a couple of just real simple points here at the end. In all cases, it's very important to remember that these sellers, the seller that's going to work for you, price is not their, their primary concern. So your job when you're on the phone with these people is to figure out what their primary concern is and make sure it's not price. And here's how I do that. Good point. In the, in the nicest way possible, Mr. Jones, does the purchase agreement that we sent on our offer work for you, sir? Yes or no? in the nicest way possible. Roll it in at the end, roll it in at the beginning, depending on the, how the conversation is. If they say yes, uh, let please let me know what to do next. Everything's gonna be great. If they say no, like Jill said, but I do I do need uh, this a small about, amount more and that works for you, you should know right away. Uh, then then you move forward. So, But it, the problems uh, occur with sellers, house sellers, when you really engage them too long and for too much and indulge them. True. So you need to find out as fast as possible whether or not that number works. Mm -hmm. and, and then whether, move on. And, and that's it. And so that's the beauty of it. So people say, well, you know, 
I sent 300 letters out and 18 people called me and I almost bought one, but that's why you send out 7 million letters. Right. That's More why you send out houses. thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of letters because it makes your job, what we're talking about here, so easy. One of the people or two of the people or eight of the people that you're going to talk to are going to say, yeah, that's what you're getting going for with these mailers. It's just a numbers game. Yeah. If you indulge these people too long and talk to them for too long and answer all their questions, you're going to get burnt out. Uh, you just have to find out really nicely and quickly whether or not the damn price works. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And don't be afraid. I wanted to explain too. The more mail you send, you're you're sending more mail for houses than you are for land. land. Slash, however, um, you have a, a much higher uh, potential to get deals done because you know going in, we have more statistics going into them, we know the housing market. We know the numbers, we know the zip code. We know it's an average of 14 and a half days on market for this property type, you know that. The data sets for housing by leaps and bounds is more sophisticated and more robust than land. Right, so I just wanna, don't want you to worry about the cost of the mail. I guess I, I don't know mm-hmm. why that just jumped into my head because I think too. I hear people thinking about like, well shucks, if I'm gonna spend send um, out you know, 3,000 letters, that's gonna cost me, you know, 50 cents roughly, so 1,500 bucks, yeah. But think about this, 3,000 letters to buy one house that you're gonna make, I don't know, $35,000 on it, is it worth it? Yeah. Oh, there's no no discussing it. That's it. At all. So don't, don't, and once you get going. For the right personality. Exactly. They'll keep calling, it'll keep coming. I have some right now. I mean, I actually decided one that came, like a land one that came in the other day to my email from some, from some random thing. I'm like, when was that mailer? You know, it's so funny. But it I can tell by the counties. Yeah. I'm like, what? I mailed that county in 2002. I, I have this all in my head. It's so funny. It's good. Happy you could join us today. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you can find us over on the Land Academy Show. Tuesdays and Thursdays, we are right here on the House Academy Show. Tomorrow, the episode on the Land Academy show is called, We All Know What to Do Every Single Day. Why don't we do it? You are not alone in your real estate ambition. Friday's my favorite because we get to talk about like motivational stuff. Uh, We were chatty this week. Yeah. There's like a lot. We had a lot to say. Yeah, I wonder why. I don't know. Maybe (laughs) because we didn't work together as much, which... I, I, it's not, it's not. Hey, whatever you're going to say here, I agree with you. Okay, good. We'll just leave it at that. (laughs) The House Academy show remains commercial free for you, our loyal listener. So wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening, please subscribe and rate us there. We We are are Stephen Jill. Jill. Information. Inspiration. To buy undervalued property.